0: up on this week's episode of The Doctor's Pharmacy. Most of your immune system is in your gut. Yeah. So when you disrupt that that ecosystem, that, that rainforest inside of you, you are disrupting the uh, the immune system. Hey everyone, Dr. Hyman here. Recently I shared with you
1: that I'm really excited to be working out with a trainer for the first time in my life. I used to hate going to the gym and I wasn't quite sure what to do when it came to weightlifting. but now I'm really enjoying having a great workout routine and I feel stronger than I've ever felt. Now, while I love the workouts, I'm not always loving feeling sore the next day, and that's why I'm excited about a new tool that I found that helps me recover faster. It's a red light therapy device called Juve. That's J-O-O-V-V. Now, this red light therapy is a super gentle, non-invasive treatment where a device with medical-grade LED lights delivers concentrated light to your skin and your cells. It helps your body produce more cellular energy and reduce oxidative stress or free radicals, and that helps... Tired and damaged muscle tissue repair and regenerate faster. Now, it couldn't be easier. I just stand in front of this relaxing red light for a few minutes a day. That's it. <laughs> really, that's it. Not only is this great for muscle recovery, it can also help you recover from injuries. It can help you sleep better. It can fight fine lines and wrinkles and boost collagen production for the whole body. To check out Juve products for yourself, head over to juve.com forward slash pharmacy. That's J O O V V dot com forward slash pharmacy. Once you're there, you'll see a special bonus that the Juve team is giving away to my listeners. Just use the code pharmacy. That's F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at the checkout. This is one of the simplest recovery and anti-aging tools available to use right in your own home. I hope you'll check it out and see why I love using Juve. I want to tell you about a company called Thrive Market. They sell all my favorite snacks, my condiments, cleaning products, self-care products, and pretty much all the stuff in my kitchen for discounted prices, about 25 to 50% off. So I just order a box of all my favorite stuff to get delivered wherever I am. And then I can stock my pantry or my backpack with all my favorite stuff. And all of it's clean, whole food. And again, it's between 25 to 50% off the retail price that you'd find at most stores. And one of my favorite products from Thrive Market is Navitas Organics Organic Pomegranate Powder. It's a naturally sweet and fruity powder that provides tons of antioxidants in a single scoop like vitamin C and ellagic acid. It's great for immune function, for immune support and fighting inflammation. It's also amazing for your microbiome. It feeds all the good bugs that help reduce inflammation in your gut. And I love using this pomegranate powder in a smoothie. I put it in with kale, almond butter, coconut milk, ice. It's super satisfying. It's a great morning. Pick me up. Pomegranates are an amazing superfood but can be kinda of hard to find. The organic pomegranate powder from Navitas Organics makes it super easy, really accessible, and you can enjoy the power of this super fruit all year long. And Thrive Market has it for an awesome price. So not only does Thrive Market offer 25 to 50% off all of my favorite brands, but they also give back. For every membership purchase, they give a membership to a family in need, and they make it easy to find the right membership for you and your family. You can choose from a one-month, three-month, or 12-month plan. I go with the 12-month because it only adds up to $5 a month, and I save hundreds on my grocery bill throughout the year. And right now, Thrive is offering all Doctors Pharmacy listeners a great deal. You'll get up to $20 in shopping credit when you sign up to spend on all your own favorite natural food, body, and household items. And anytime you spend more than $49, you get free carbon-neutral shipping. All you have to do is head over to ThriveMarket.com forward slash Hyman. That's ThriveMarket.com forward slash hymen. I think you're going to love them as much as I do. I'm proud to have them as a sponsor and be an investor in their company. All right, let's get back to the episode. Welcome to The Doctor's Pharmacy. I'm Dr. Mark Hyman, and that's pharmacy with an F, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, a place for conversations that matter and if you've struggled with any chronic illness, this is the conversation you need to listen to because it's with one of the leading experts in the world on how to deal with chronic disease, which is my colleague here at the Ultra Wellness Center, Dr. Todd Lapine. Now, Todd and I go way back. In fact, Todd knew about functional medicine before I even heard about it, way back at Canyon Ranch in the 1990s. That's right, 1990s. We are Hold old, back. but we look young. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, was way ahead of the curve. Uh, and he still is. He still... Really one of the most brilliant minds in functional medicine. He teaches everywhere. He's uh, certified by the Institute for Functional Medicine, in functional medicine, obviously. Uh, he worked with me at Kenya Ranch for 10 years, and now he's worked here for a decade at, at the Ultra Wellness Center. Uh, and collectively, we have literally uh, probably five decades worth of experience in functional medicine between the two of us, yeah. seeing so many thousands of patients who've struggled for so long with so many issues. When they finally get here, they find... There's a new way of thinking about disease, and it gives them an opportunity to actually get healthy again. And we're just so grateful to be able to have you here at the Ultra Wellness Center and you will do the work we do. You really help work on some of the most leading-edge concepts in medicine around uh, bio-detoxification, systemic inflammation, GI health, the neurobiology of mood and cognitive disorders. He's given lectures all around the world at uh, age management conferences, at American College um, for the Advancement of Medicine. He's taught at the University of Miami Integrated Medicine Conference at Kripalu, and he's on the scientific of Advisory Board of Designs for Health and consults with Diagnostic Solutions Lab. And he's very active. Uh, he skis, he kayaks, he hikes, he camps, he golfs, he loves the Berkshires, uh, and uh, yeah, he's just been an extraordinary addition to our center. So welcome, Dr. Todd Lapine.
0: Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. That was really oh, nice.
1: Okay, so uh, you start off your career uh, working as a resident at a VA hospital. Yes, and uh, best, you had, uh, best, uh, best uh,
0: <laughs> uh, learning experience ever.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You see everything. See everything, and you get to do everything. Exactly. And, uh, You've been there, you know. <laughs> and I have. Well, I have, and I and I. You had this patient who has quite a problem that uh, gives a lot of insight into functional medicine, which is called hepatic encephalopathy, which in English means that when your liver fails, you can't detoxify, and all your normal metabolic toxins makes you delirious and can even put you in a coma and gives you all these brain symptoms. So what happened when you treated him with the typical treatment? And tell us what that is because it's kind of an unusual treatment for a brain problem.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so the story is is I was a resident and I was, you know, wet behind the ears and um, I had a patient at the VA and a lot of patients at the VA, some of them had uh, alcohol and tobacco uh, abuse and he had liver failure. And he came in in a coma with hepatic encephalopathy. And by, by the with, way, just an aside there, it
1: used to be the most common source of liver failure was alcohol. Yeah. Now it's
0: sugar. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Which is a
1: big reason for liver transplants.
0: Right. Yeah, anyway, exactly. keep going. Sorry, yeah, I had to interrupt yeah, you on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so he comes in uh, completely in a coma. I mean, he could stick a pin in and he wouldn't move. And uh, so we worked him up, and I had to sort of learn about hepatic encephalopathy because I didn't really know what it was. And uh, so we treated him, and, you know, I found out that it was related to his liver not being able to detoxify, and he had also had a high-protein uh, meal intake, and the protein gets digested by the gut bacteria. And all the blood from the liver goes, or all the blood from the gut has to get filtered through the liver before it goes into the systemic circulation. So what we did with him is we basically treated him with a, uh, a nothing by mouth, uh, we gave him uh, antibiotics. I believe it was neomycin. I and mean, you stopped feeding the bad stopped, bacteria yeah, yeah, reducing we the toxins. Yeah, we just exactly so we just we clean, we basically we cleaned out the food for the bad bacteria in the gut. Uh, we sort of gave his gut a rest, uh, gave him antibiotics and neomycin intravenously. Uh, also gave him laxatives, uh, specifically lactulose. At the time, I don't know if you've yeah you've already...
1: lactulose and neomycin orally though. Don't you give the neomycin orally? Uh,
0: we actually, we I'm trying. To, you know, I, I, it might have could been you, or, it might have mean, been, orally. been orally. It might be yeah, actually. It might, it might have been orally. You're right. It could very well have been orally. So we gave him lactulose, and then we also actually believe it or not gave him probiotics. And within 24 hours, this guy who was in a complete coma completely woke up, just like you know the proverbial Lazarus. And it was like. It was amazing to me. So I've been looking at it and I'm saying, That'll wake you up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That'll wake you up. And I said, You know, this guy can't, you know, woke up from the dead. And I was like, It actually left an indelible impression on my uh, experience as a physician, saying there is a huge connection between the gut and the brain. And then that has led me on the quest that I've gone on uh, for all these years and seeing the connection, how our internal uh, ecosystem, the microbiome, and the food that we eat and the food that, that we feed the bugs affects our health in good ways or bad ways.
1: Yeah, it's so, it's so true. And I remember learning about that disease and I was like, how come doctors don't connect the dots with the gut and everything else that goes wrong in the body? Right. Because the treatment for this coma that's caused by liver failure is essentially giving antibiotics that aren't absorbed. So you kill all the bugs in the gut that are producing these toxins that make them crazy or make them in a coma. Mm-hmm. So, and then you give them a lot of laxatives to make them poop everything out. Yep. And that's just kind of a miracle happens, right? Yeah, you it was a miracle. Wake exactly. up from was, the dead.
0: Exactly, wake up from the dead, exactly.
1: And 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 that led you to kind of understand the interconnectedness of everything.
0: Right. And then, you know, when we see patients all the time, a lot of patients come into us and say, Doc, I've got brain fog. That is low-grade, you know. Have, yeah, you're not in a, a coma, doctor. but it's, yeah, it's you're, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you're a zombie. You're, I call it a zombie. You're, just, you're living dead. You're walking around, but you're not really there. Your mm-hmm. brain is being affected by some of these chemicals. And there's a lot of different chemicals that are produced by gut bacteria. Some of them are putrescine and cadaverine. You know, mm-hmm. you know what cadaverine is? You, know, you don't want a whole lot of cadaverine unless you're a cadaver. That's right,
1: um, right. Those sound like terrible things—putrescine and cadaverine. Those are the toxins that get released from bad digestion, right? Yeah,
0: and that. Well, even uh, one of the one of the compounds that that we measure now in the office here is uh, TMAO, trimethylamine oxide. It's it's the same type of bacter- uh, bacterial byproduct of metabolism of certain food products. So certain bacteria will eat certain foods and produce these compounds, which have psychoactive properties or uh, anti or actually uh, inflammatory properties, because uh, TMAO is one of the risk factors for heart disease. Mm.
1: So one of the central ideas of functional medicine is you start with the gut. Yeah. It's almost what you start with with anybody who's got anything, which is kind of a weird thing, because it's like, how can you treat everything with one thing? But it actually is a foundation of our health. And
0: when our microbiome is out of balance, it leads to a whole host of problems, right? Absolutely, absolutely yeah. And and the big thing that, that, you know, I don't treat children with autism, but the biggest thing that I think that is affecting this country is the microbiome that we're not inheriting from our mothers. Yeah. Because what happens so often now is that when mothers go into the hospital, they're getting antibiotics beforehand. Half of them, 40%, 50% are getting C-sections, so we are destroying and then our Then we mo- don't breastfeed. Don't breastfeed, exactly. And then we give many kids antibiotics. They <laughs> give you antibiotics and vaccinations on day 1, you know, for, for hepatitis uh, uh, B. And this, this microbiome that we have literally inherited from generation to generation because it's something that's really passed down from the mothers to the daughters to the granddaughters is being lost. And the loss specifically of Bifidobacterium infantis, it's actually been in, I think it was in the New York Times that it was talking about this loss of this one of many beneficial bacteria that we are losing in as part of the human species. And it's affecting our whole health. So let's like back
1: up a little bit and talk about this whole thing of the microbiome because we started with functional medicine. There wasn't the word microbiome, but we still focused on normalizing the gut function. We talked about the 4R program, which is a restoration program for the gut and how that can help so many different diseases. But what is the microbiome? Why is it important? What does it do? I mean, we thought it was just poop. And now it's like basically the holy grail for figuring everything out.
0: Yeah. So it's it's gold. It's gold. And, and actually, you know, in brown fact... Brown gold. It's brown gold, right. <laughs> so, so, so down in Boston, uh, you know, so the microbiome is the sum total of all the organisms that we have and carry around inside of us. And that also can include uh, uh, viruses. It can also include fungi. And um, it's not necessarily... We call it good and bad, but it depends really upon the situation. Because like, for example, all of us carry around C. difficile bacteria. Mm. C. difficile bacteria, when you take an antibiotic... It'll wipe out some of the good bacteria, and then the bad guys, if you will, they'll sort of start to overgrow, and then they can produce toxins. So it happened to me, and I almost died from it. Exactly, it's very yeah, exactly. And the treatment of choice for that is you you know if, if you have a really bad case, the treatment of choice is a stool transplant, which is like an organ transplant. And uh, the interesting thing is that one of the companies uh, that uh, does this is Open Biome in Boston, mm. which I think you're aware of, and they use uh, fr- uh, freeze dried uh, stool. And that is one of the uh, cures, literally, for uh, a really messed up gut microbiome. Because if and you can if, even get poop pills now, poop pills, yeah, crap, crapsules, 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 <laughs> right? Crapsules. I've
1: never heard that. That's yeah, a
0: right. good one. <laughs> <laughs> how many crapsules do you take? <laughs> <laughs> right, and 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 so so and 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 what it is is, and I my I always make analogies because that's how patients understand things. It's mm. sort of like you know the ecosystem of the microbiome inside the body is like a rainforest. Mm. And at some point, some people's ecosystems are so disturbed and so messed up that it's like napalm has hit your rainforest. It's like a corn monocrop. Yeah. And so you what you need to do is you need to repopulate the, the microbiome. <laughs> These are yeah, right. Yeah, we're gonna get a little repopulate. puns here. Yeah, you need to re, re, need, repopulate the <laughs> microbiome. And you can't do that just with probiotics. Although we use probiotics and mm-hmm. we use prebiotics mm-hmm. and we use those together. We call them symbiotics. And those are oftentimes very helpful. But for the really sick people who have Uh, things like uh, refractory uh, C. diff, Uh, stool transplant is the number one treatment. Yeah. Interesting. So you've got this whole ecosystem
1: bacteria. It's been disturbed by all these reasons you talked about, C-sections, antibiotic use, lack of breastfeeding, and so on. And our diet also uh, plays a huge role in the growth of good or bad bacteria. So you can feed it certain things and it makes it worse and other things and it makes it better. So talk about that.
0: Yeah, so, so I always tell patients that when you're eating food, you want to be choosing your food, not just for you, what you like, your, your you know the things that are pleasurable for you, but you also want to be feeding the good bacteria. And we talked earlier about the uh, this acromantia, mucinophilia. That's a specific bacteria that is in the body and that you want to have on high levels. And when we do the testing, we can actually determine, do you have high levels of it or do you have low levels or do you have no levels uh, or very low levels? And there are certain foods which you can incorporate into your diet, things like pomegranate and uh, maca and acacia acacia fiber, cranberries and things like that. These are foods which are basically uh, uh, prebiotics. And when you incorporate them into your diet, it's like putting miracle Grow on that garden. They start to flourish. Mm -hmm. They start to take over. And they help balance out the whole ecosystem. Yeah,
1: I think it's one of the biggest advances in our thinking about gut. We just don't give probiotics and that'll fix it. But, you know, you're giving... Like 50 billion is a lot, right? But you have 100 trillion bacteria. So it's like a drop in the ocean. Exactly. And one of the big insights I had was actually from an experience I had last year where I developed colitis. It's a long story, but I had been sick from mold and I've told that story and I had a recurrence uh, of my gut because I had the C. diff and that was kind of really messed me up. And I checked my stool and I had really low levels of this acromancia, which has been linked to autoimmune disease, been linked to poor response to immunotherapy for cancer. It's been linked to cardiometabolic disease and diabetes. And I'm like, whoa, this is not good. So I started to research it and created this cocktail of cranberry, pomegranate, green tea, acacia fiber, some probiotics, other prebiotics. And I took it and it literally within three weeks, I went from full-blown colitis to completely normal perfect yeah and it was sort of a wake-up call for me which was you can't just give probiotics you've got to feed the whole inner garden and absolutely. what it likes is certain foods and it likes all the polyphenols yes and the, the polyphenols colorful dark rainbow color chemicals that are in plant foods yeah there are certain plant foods that have more of them like the berries and so forth
0: absolutely yeah the polyphenols and, are, are goal, and that i to me i think that's actually probably one of the things that pl- you know f- plays a role with the french paradox is the polyphenols that are found in red wine yeah Um, I think that's, you know, definitely what you're doing is you're actually feeding the, uh, you know, patients love me because the two things that I always prescribe to my patients is chocolate and red wine, (laughs) right? And they're, they're, and they're high. I would say (laughs) people like wine drinking, but I wouldn't give it as an extra thing. (laughs) No, right, right. What I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, razzing. But, but the, but the polyphenols are the, the miracle food prebiotics for the gut. Absolutely. So tell us a story about a patient who had a screwed up microbiome and what you did and how they got better. Oh, I've had, I mean, multiple patients. I mean, like, as for example, I just had a patient this, uh I followed up today, 18-year-old with fatty liver disease and uh, sort of pre-diabetes uh, picture, and lo and behold, I did the um, uh, testing for him, and his acromancer yeah. was almost undetectable. Yeah. And now... Fatty liver, typically, like you said, we used to see that in some patients who were drinking alcohol. What we're now finding out is that fatty liver is the thing that is uh, being driven by disruption of the gut microbiome. So what's happening is when you destroy the mucus, the protective mucus lining of the gut, some of those bad bacteria get into the, into, the, uh, into the body, get into the circulation, they go into the liver and causes systemic inflammation, which in turn causes fatty liver. And there was just, I don't know if you saw the recent paper about this, about uh, what is termed uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver is actually from alcohol produced by gut bacteria. Yeah. So some bacteria will actually produce alcohol, which in turn poisons the, uh, the it liver. It ferments, right? It ferments. It ferments. Exactly. It's just like,
1: you know, you get this bloating food baby. That's actually your bacteria fermenting the food you're eating. And certain foods are more fermentable, like starches and sugars. Exactly. Yeah. We, we, uh, we actually have... Seen cases of patients who literally had elevated blood alcohol levels. Yeah, Autobury syndrome. From the bacteria in their gut. Yeah. And they literally got pulled over and found, you know, they
0: had, like, for drunk driving. Exactly. And it, it, it actually, the, the auto brewery syndrome is, in, I've had a couple of patients with that, and they, they, they typically, that's usually been this attributed to uh, yeast overgrowth. Mm-hmm. But there also are cases specifically with bacteria that can also produce alcohol. I mean, you're basically, it's, it's like a, it's a brewery in your in your yeah. gut, in your body. Yeah, you don't need a Budweiser. No. <laughs> <laughs> this, bud, this Bud's for you. <laughs> so... The
1: uh, so what happened? when You have this patient, and you you yeah.
0: So so I mean, you ba- basically you work on uh, doing uh, dietary Do interventions. Do you get better when you fix
1: this, or are you just well? It I, it well, th- this
0: was just I just I, I was just offhand because I just had this patient this morning, and I, it it was a very interesting case because the thing that really stood out is that his protective ankerensmia anaphilia was quite low. He was also uh, a, a vegan. Uh, which, you know, we, we can discuss, you know, what is the best diet? I don't believe that veganism is actually the, be- the best thing. I think we're om- omnivores. And, you know, mm-hmm. I come from a family of dentists. So I always talk to my patients, you see, that, see that thing right there? That's a, that's a, a canine tooth. And a canine tooth is, is designed to chew meat and to chew fish. Uh, and we have specific enzymes in the body, which are pancre- uh, pancreatic uh, elastase and proteases, which are designed to digest protein. Yeah. So we are, you know, like Michael Pollan said it best. Eat plants, eat eat food, real food, mostly plants, not too much. Right. So a plant-based diet with healthy amounts of fish and lean meat on occasion is really probably the best type of diet. And I think some of my most difficult patients are the ones who are sort of strict vegans for whatever reason, ethical or spiritual or whatever, religious, um, can oftentimes get into really difficult uh, situations because... It's like a cat chasing their tail. They don't have the specific nutrients to patch up and and heal the body. Well, doesn't all that plant stuff help the
1: microbiome?
0: It does, absolutely. It's going to help the microbiome. But he was he was he had almost no omega threes. He was really nutritionally deficient. N- which right. you see. unless people
1: are supplementing, they get super nutritionally. Well, well,
0: exactly. You can have a person like it was just in the it was just in the news uh, recently. It was a 22 year old, I think it was over in England, who was living on potato chips, white bread, and French fries, and Pringles went blind. And french fries. And yeah. went blind. There's no vitamin A. Yeah, when blind. Yeah. So you can be walking and talking, but in, and you know you, you can be severely malnourished. Yeah, because there's a you know there's about forty nutrients that your body needs on a regular basis, uh, and and I like to also make the analogy to my patients is like your your body is like a house that's being built and broken down twenty four seven. You need all those building yeah. materials yeah. to make that house. You need carpeting, you need wood, you need glass, you need all these materials. And if those materials aren't there, then the structure may still be standing. But if you don't have glass, the wind comes in, the rain comes in, the snow comes in, and then you're going to have problems with your body. The problem with traditional medicine is they don't look for those building blocks.
1: They don't test for them. And that's what's different here at the Ultra Wellness Center. We actually look for these things. We find them. I mean, when was the last time a doctor looked for acromancy in someone with fatty liver? Probably never, right? (laughs) Other than us here some functional medicine. Or check doctor. their omega-3s or check right.
0: their vitamin D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're right.
1: And, and so those kinds of diagnostics are available and help us really think differently about treating disease. I mean, most doctors understand hepatic encephalopathy, but most doctors who are treating fatty liver don't actually think about what's going on in the gut microbiome or how to treat it. They don't even know how to fix it. Well, you know,
0: I, the, the thing that one of my pet peeves, Mark, and I'm sure you've heard this too, is that patients will go see the expert endocrinologist their diabetes in the expert gastroenterologist and they tell the patients to eat anything they want mm. that is absolutely What you mean food has something to do with our health no, it does oh my but, god what a <laughs> radical idea
1: <laughs> no, my <laughs> favorite my favorite was once i was at, at canyon ranch i was playing basketball at lunch because they had these basketball pickup games and there was one of this people there who was playing and he was a gastroenterologist and i said to him you know you ever thought of like how, you know, food might impact what's happening in the gut? Because you're putting literally pounds of this stuff through that tube every day. You think it might have something to do with why people have digestive symptoms? He's like, gee, you know, I never thought of that. That seems so interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but yeah, I mean, your microbiome is dependent on what you feed it. How you grow your inner garden depends on what you're eating. Exactly. And you can create a nasty garden with weeds and toxins and bad stuff and poisonous
0: plants, or you can create a really flourishing, rich garden that actually takes care of you. Yeah, absolutely. And then also the other thing that a lot of even physicians aren't even aware of is that most of your immune system is in your gut. Yeah. So when you disrupt that that ecosystem, that that rainforest inside of you, you are disrupting the, uh, the immune system. And we're talking about uh, fecal transplants. There's a recent study that showed uh, that children with autism who got Stool transplants had a marked improvement up to two years out from just replacing the gut microbiome. Yeah, I mean that's pretty powerful. So there is no pharmacological. Because autism is like an encephalopathy; it's a metabolic encephalopathy. to some degree. It's absolutely, like a hepatic
1: encephalopathy. It's yeah, I
0: mean that's 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 to me that's that's sort of the the canary in the in the coal mine in our environment today. You know, that with we have what what one in sixty eight kids having autism now, uh, depending on where you are living in America and around the world. That is a big, big issue. And uh, what we're finding out is there's more and more connection to the the microbiome. Yeah. I mean, so 60%
1: of our immune system
0: is in the gut. Yeah. And
1: essentially, there's a sewer that's on the other side of the lining of your gut, which is only one cell thick. And on the other side is your immune system. And there's a breakdown, which can come from having C-sections, antibiotics, acid-blocking drugs, stress, poor diet. Yep. All that stuff damages the gut, creates a leaky gut. Gluten, dairy, all those things. Then you get this inflammation. So we treat a lot of people with autoimmune disease here at the Ultra Wellness Center, and and often the place we start is the gut. Yeah. So tell us, like, how how that works, and 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 about some patients you might have had with autoimmune disease, and how working on their gut helped them.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I had uh, one patient in particular who I saw who came in. It was a, it was a great story. She came in. Um, and she was uh, having uh, MS as her diagnosis. She also had autoimmune, I- disease. autoimmune disease, multiple sclerosis. And she also had uh, infertility. And uh, I did a, a complete workup on her. She had uh, dysbiosis, had bacterial and yeast overgrowth, also had sensitivity uh, to gluten, and had also some, not a heavy, not a big level, but some level of, of mercury in the body. So I worked on uh, diet, worked on uh, you know both prebiotics and probiotics to clean up the gut, got her completely off of uh, gluten, and lo and behold, guess what? Her multiple sclerosis went away. Amazing. Disappeared. All right, not, not to say that- And you got all, her metals out too. Yeah, not to say that all cases of multiple sclerosis are due to that, but- there are many pathways to multiple sclerosis, just that there are many pathways to Alzheimer's disease. Or any disease. Or any disease, exactly. Because the body will manifest it uh, in, in, in only certain uh, uh, inflammatory pathways. But, and then, so ultimately, she got off of her medications. Her MS, to this day, is in complete remission. She has no symptoms, on no meds. And as a side effect, she got pregnant. Wow, that's a good side effect. Yeah, and she was happy.
1: So that's, that's an amazing story. And I think, you know, for people who are listening, Functional medicine is a new way of thinking about disease. It's not based on the label, MS. Yeah. Yeah. It's based on the cause. And you can have one disease that has many causes, like MS, which yeah. can be caused by heavy metals, by Lyme disease, by Epstein-Barr, by the gut microbiome, by gluten, you know, like B12 deficiency, right? You can have so many things that are driving this same syndrome. Right. And the personalization of medicine is what functional medicine is all about. And that's really what's different here about how we practice medicine at the Ultra Wellness Center, because we're looking at each person as an individual. We're creating yeah. personalized medicine and personalized health, which is a, is a radically new way of thinking. And we just lump everybody with the same symptoms into the same categories, but it doesn't tell you anything about the cause. And I always say, just because you know the name of your disease doesn't mean you know what's wrong with you, right? Absolutely. And that's what we do through very detailed histories here, through
0: very advanced diagnostic testing, to look at some of these things. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, the, I think the, the, the enjoyable thing, and I'm sure that you experience yourself, is that every patient is unique. Yeah. You know, I've never treated two patients the same way from a functional approach. No. It, it, it completely different. Even in the same family, it's True. everyone is... And that's actually the fun part about it is the... I call it, you know, the person comes in with their own genetic uniqueness, their own, you know, uh, personality makeup, their own story, all of these, you know, things that you can paint the picture of... You know, where were they when they got sick? Where are they now? And what are the things that, you know, uh that we can remove? You know, like the four hour what are we Sort of like need being Dr. House, right? It's like yeah, it's medical like, detective. Yeah, like medical detective, exactly. And and you know, I think, you know, one of the most important things that that uh, I always tell people who are training in medicine is to listen to the patient. Yeah. They'll tell you what's wrong. Absolutely. And, and when and what? Exactly. And 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 sometimes I just have to sort of bite my, my mouth because you want to always interrupt patients and say, oh, what about this and what about that? I just sort of let patients talk more and I just sort of listen and then I'll ask the questions yep. later. And when you really do that and let the patients tell their story in their own way, in their own terms and get that out, you really find out all the little details and you can play house and play detect and try to, you know, piece the piece of the puzzle together.
1: Yeah, you know, we... we um... In regular medicine, we are trained to create an exclusive history. In other words, someone comes in with a symptom. Let's say they have heartburn or reflux or chest pain. We don't want to know anything else about them except about that. Yeah. Right? We want all the details about that. We don't know if do they have a rash. Are their fingerna- fingernails cracked? Yeah. Uh, do they have eczema? Does their butt itch? Like, Don't talk to me about any of that because that's not relevant. And in functional medicine, all of it's relevant because hey, it's really. a clue that could give you a Clue to what's actually happening for that patient. And that's what's so beautiful about this process. You know, I, I think I used to work in the emergency room. I think you did too. It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's boring because someone comes in and it's like, okay, it's the heart attack treatment. It's the asthma treatment. It's, the kidney it's a kidney yeah, stone it's treatment. It's a protocol. It's like it's like you you just look at the nurse, you go heart attack. Okay, and they don't they know what the orders are, they know what to do. You just barely write it down. And it's like it's like rote and boring. It's 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 a it's a formula, like a recipe. Right. In functional medicine, there is no recipe. Yep. There's actually having to think. Every time you see a patient,
0: right, right, and, and and you know, and you know, being trained in traditional medicine and also in a functional medicine approach, there's definitely, you know, if you're having a heart attack, you know, I want a thrombolytic, absolutely. I want, I mean, I want you to blow out I, your, I, knee. You need I, your knee, need knee surgery, I, right? right. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to follow the, the protocol that has been shown to work. But for chronic conditions, you know, acute care medicine, which is basically the scalpel or the prescription pad, are probably probably some of the more toxic things that you can have. A lot of what I see in, in 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 my patients here is iatrogenica imperfecta. All right, which which basically <laughs> translate means, that doctor translate that it basically means the doctor did it, right? The doc- so the the patient comes in and they're on a whole laundry list of medications, and these are interacting. You know, they're, t- they're on proton pump inhibitors. They're causing acid calcium, ca- yeah, the acid blockers. They're they're causing uh, uh, calcium deficiency, mineral deficiency, B twelve deficiency. So there's you know there's these. These drugs have their 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 risk benefit. And the, the the less drugs you use in medicine, the better off the patient is.
1: Yeah. It's hard because that's
0: what we know how to do. It's
1: what we're trained to do. Yeah. It's like we don't know how to treat people with food as medicine. We don't know how to restore a gut from a messed up gut to a healthy gut. And that's really what we do in functional medicine. Yeah. And
0: I also I mean the the other important thing that it's important for physicians out there who are new to functional medicine also for patients is to realize these things don't happen overnight it can mm. take time but usually sometimes you can see a difference in in you know days to weeks sometimes it could takes months and sometimes it takes years it true. depends depends on what's going on
1: so true i mean i sometimes it's like it's almost miraculous and you go like it's hard to believe i remember when i first started practicing i would like go okay do these things take this eat this and then they'd call back a few weeks later or you know a month later i'm like how you doing i'm all, I'm all better i'm like what? You're better from that? Because <laughs> yeah. it was so, it was such a contradiction to everything I learned. But then I started to trust it and I started to expect it. And I just remember this one patient, she had psoriatic arthritis, which is a horrible condition where you're, you've got psoriasis, but your joints are being deformed and destroyed. You're in pain yeah. all the time. But she had a bunch of other stuff, which, quote, was unrelated. She had depression. She had insomnia. She was overweight. She had terrible reflux and heartburn. And she was Having bloating and SIBO and irritable bowel, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see. She's inflamed. Everything that she's got is inflamed. The weight is inflamed. Depression's an inflammation in the brain. Her gut symptoms are about inflammation in the gut. You know, everything's related to inflammation. So what, why don't we sort of just start simple and clear out things that are causing potential inflammation? So we got rid of gluten and dairy in your diet and sugar and starch and all processed food. We got her. Uh, gut cleaned up I gave her an antibiotic and any fungal and a little gut program and a couple of nutrients to help her uh, fight some some inflammation that she was suffering from and six weeks later she came back her psoriasis was gone her arthritis was gone her reflux and irritable bowel was gone her depression was gone she lost 20 pounds I'm like and she got off of her medications even the one that was costing 50 grand a year to suppress her immune system from the psoriasis wow. and it seems like a you know it seems like a miracle but it really isn't when you follow this methodology and that's what we've been doing here for decades, practicing functional medicine up in the Berkshire in the middle of yeah. nowhere. But yeah. it's pretty amazing.
0: Well, it's it's really interesting because most of the patients who have psoriasis are going to see dermatologists. And most dermatologists do not have a clue about the gut microbiome, nor are they testing yeah. or thinking about it. Right. And then you if then if they get psoriasis and they develop psoriatic arthritis, which is arthritis in addition to the skin condition, because I always tell patients is the skin is contiguous with the gut. So if I draw a line on the skin and I keep drawing a line, and go down my tongue, and I go into my esophagus, down to my stomach, into my intestine, I'm still on the same surface. Yeah. So oftentimes, and you know this, Mark. is That's that, true. I is never that, thought of that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it, kind of a cool thought. Yeah, that's, that's how I explain it to patients. So the skin is contiguous with the gut. It's an ectodermal tissue. And when there's skin issues, think gut. It's really a tube. It's outside your body. Here's your gut.
1: Yeah. It's true. I mean, when I'm a patient with psoriasis, eczema, uh, acne, rosacea, I treat their gut, yeah, and I don't put stuff all over their face or on their body exactly to suppress the inflammation. I get rid of that, and it's like a it's like really an amer- a miracle. I mean, it is. I mean, dermatology is not uh, something that I'm an expert in, although I was trained as a family doctor in dermatology. But uh, I feel like it's we get the most amazing results just for something as
0: simple as fixing the gut and changing the diet. Absolutely, yeah, exactly, yeah. There, there, I mean, the body is this interconnected, complex, self healing. Uh, Organism. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, that's the big thing is I, I often ask patients, I mean, do you think you're going to get better? And and if I have a patient who thinks they're going to get better, then together we're going to get better. But if I have a patient who doesn't think they're going to get better, then I try to get them to change their mindset. Because even though somebody comes to me, they they really almost believe I'm not going to get better.
1: Well, that's what they've been taught.
0: Exactly you have to live with this. We have, exactly. have to manage your disease. Right. And I don't, and I don't want to manage it. I want to get rid of it. And 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 the and the body's ability to self-heal is amazing, as you as you know, Mark. It's really amazing. Uh, there's an intelligence in the body that we, you know, have you know, as much as we know about the body, there's a lot more that we don't know. Uh, And I, you know, the more I practice medicine, I think the more humble I become because I realize how little I know. It's how complex it is. It's, it's it's really, really complex, but, but there's so much that we can do uh, for patients that, you know, they've gone to, you know, the Mayo Clinic, they've gone to Mass General, they've gone to, you know, X, Y, and Z everywhere else. And they, you know, as you say, the resort medicine, we come here for last resort. I mean, I I literally
1: just walked from, my office to hear after seeing a patient who went to the Mayo Clinic who had chronic dizziness, chronic constipation, fatigue, insomnia, all these different symptoms that they couldn't find, quote, anything wrong with him. And I'm like, well, I know what's wrong with you. You've got this, this, and this, and this based on looking at it through the functional medicine lens.
0: Yeah. Well, and and the other thing is, is, you know, I think, uh, I think it was a Sid baker I think who made the analogy or it was in or maybe it was Jeff Bland, is that you know if you have uh, a dime and you it's a, it's on and you're on a dark street and you, you lose your dime over there and the street lights over here and you're looking under the street light which is where you're testing so most of the testing is basically looking where the dime isn't
1: yeah all right, right. so the,
0: the type of testing that we do here which is nutritional metabolic toxic genomic testing is is spreading out the searchlight to find that dime absolutely that's such a key point because you know, you go to the doctor and they say, well, we've tested
1: everything and uh, all your results are normal. Uh, and the implication is it's all in your head. Uh, but I would say I don't agree with that because, you know, either two things are true. One, the patient's crazy or the doctor's missing something. And I'm going to bet on the doctor's missing something Yeah, because when we start to look, we find all sorts of stuff in places that nobody's looked before because exactly. they're looking... Under the street lamp instead of actually where the problem really is. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you alluded to before was really important, which is that functional medicine is about getting rid of the things that impair health and putting in the things that help the body thrive. And then the body can take over and with its amazing intelligence can repair and heal from all sorts of things. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's what we do. So, one of the, you know, one of the complaints we see a lot is fatigue. Everybody's tired, right? <laughs> and and uh, in functional medicine we talk a lot about something called the mitochondria which you're really an expert in and it's something that is really the one of the keys to solving many problems and puzzles in chronic disease whether it's parkinson's or alzheimer's or diabetes or obviously fatigue issues and so forth fibromyalgia tell us about what are these mitochondria how do we look at them and uh, in you know what do we do about it
0: Okay, so for, for those who don't know about mitochondria, it, it really it's it's another area of mine that is I was really a fascinating sort of interest of mine. So our mitochondria are actually ancient bacteria. See, poop, bacteria, you're in the same track. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right. So so yeah, well, one track mine. <laughs> right. And and I'll never forget I went to a, a lecture given by Jeff Bland and he was talking about how antibiotics, which are designed to kill bacteria, yeah, can oftentimes affect mitochondria because our mitochondria, which are the power plants of our bodies, um, are actually way back when were ancient bacteria that became engulfed in our cells and are now the power plants. Of and our they have cells. different DNA. They have totally, totally different DNA. Yeah. In fact, the, the Lynn Margulis, uh, uh, who was married to Carl Sagan, I had the uh, opportunity to meet her and have lunch with her. And- yeah, <gasps> uh, it was it was amazing. It she, was, for those of you who don't know, she's sort of an icon in the world of
1: biology. Yes. Who- First described this whole phenomenon.
0: Yes, exactly. So she she it was right during the 60s. Everyone was studying the the nuclear DNA, which is the double helix DNA. And she she made an observation that there, there's DNA in the cell in a circular form. And she goes, oh, "What does that mean? What, where did that come from?" So she st- and she was actually uh, 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 what do you call it? a protist. She studied small uh, ancient uh, bacteria, and she realized that that DNA reminded her of the ancient uh, uh, bacteria. And then she came up with the hypothesis that eukaryotic cells, which are the cells that we have, actually way back when those little bacteria came and sort of created this symbiotic relationship where you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. Yeah. And and that's really you know how we have uh, mitochondria. And mitochondria are so important. that this I always tell patients is that if you take cyanide, you will die in a matter of minutes. minutes. And the reason for that is cyanide flips the switch on your mitochondria. Turns them off. Turns them off like that. Yeah, basically that's what happens when you die. You have no energy anymore. Lights
1: out. And lights are out. And yet there's varying forms of lights out with mitochondria that are really common, whether it's autism, we're finding now. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Right.
0: And the interesting thing about it is there's a a thing called the bottleneck theory of mitochondria, which is that, you know, let's say-
1: Before you go on. So mitochondria, for those people, there are these little tiny things inside your cells. There can be hundreds to thousands of them. And they basically take oxygen that you breathe and the food that you eat and they burn them like an engine and outside and and out comes energy, which is what runs your body in the form of ATP. So that's what has to happen every day, every minute for you to run every chemical reaction in your body, to run everything that you're doing. Everything. And when that process gets bunged up, you
0: get sick. Exactly. Totally. That's very well put. Exactly. You get, especially the highly metabolic issues, the tissues. So, things like the brain, things the like the heart are the highly dense mitochondria. And then the other thing, which uh, is, is, is new uh, out in the medical world, is brown fat. So, brown fat is pa- a, a highly packed with mitochondria. When you look at it under a microscope, it actually uh, looks brown. And brown fat is the type of fat that we have that generates heat. And in order to activate our brown fat, we need to be cold. And how many people nowadays ever get really cold? Because we always like that thermostat right at 70 degrees. Yeah. It goes to 70. I go, on the,
1: I go on the ice bath every day.
0: Yeah, so right. So if the, if the temperature goes to 71, we turn we turn on the air conditioning. goes below, we turn on the heat, right? We keep them in this thermonuclear uh, um, uh, uh, zone. And we never actually activate our brown fat. And activating our brown fat by being in the cold. In fact, this past weekend, I was at Omega Institute and I actually camped out, and it's a long story, but I brought my tent, and my tent didn't have the poles to it. So I had to sleep on the ground on my in my uh, uh, sleeping, sleeping bag. bag. And fortunately, the sleeping bag was a warm sleeping bag, but I got cold that night. But guess what? I slept great. Yeah. I slept
1: great. It's true. The best sleep I've had in years was when I went uh, backcountry skiing with my daughter last spring, and we literally climbed six, miles, six hours straight up to this yurt, which was literally six feet under the snow. We had to dig it out. And I slept in my sleeping bag there. It was freezing. And I slept the best I slept ever. Yes, you're
0: like in a semi-hibernation. Yeah, I actually
1: I actually bought something called a chili pad. Yeah, which is essentially a cooling pad that you put on your mattress. So I can turn it down like 63 degrees at night because my wife likes it hot <laughs> and I like it cold. I think she I think I think she did a little podcast about that. <laughs> she did. She did. My wife's a comedian. Uh, you can look her up at, at my Mia Lux on Instagram, and you can watch that funny spoof on how she has to wear a winter coat to bed with me which is not <laughs> quite true but yes
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so my, yeah so mitochondria and then you know how do we test for mitochondria you know when you go to most doctors most doctors don't even remember mitochondria in their in their training nor do they ever test for it. so we test for organic acids for it um you can also it's a urine test it's easy urine to test do. yeah relatively uh, easy to do and you can also do genetic testing for uh, mitochondria uh, there are some labs out there uh, Corogen uh, was one of the labs that uh, we used to use but they're no longer around there's another one uh, called Gene savvy that uh, does uh, testing for mitochondria and when you get a, an inherited mitochondrial issue that's where you know maybe seeing some serious yeah that's, that's much more serious but you can also have a lot of acquired mitochondrial uh, issues and the, the good news is is that we can heal our mitochondria when we actually go through uh, periods well of, before you get to what heal what messes them up what, what messes them up yeah what messes them up um, well, excessive oxidative stress will do it. So That's infections, free yeah, yeah. So uh, excess amounts of uh, uh, free radicals, oxidative stress, because your 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 mitochondria is like a fireplace, and you throw logs into your fireplace, which is food, and you give off sparks. And you you throw too much food uh, logs in the fireplace, you get too much sparks, and you get too much free radicals. So too many calories, too many, or too oh, many yeah, bad calories, too many bad calories. Like exactly. Sugar and starch, and too many bad calories, not compensated by enough dietary antioxidants, is another potential source. Um uh, antibiotics are huge yeah especially the floxins. i mean that's that's a whole topic under uh, unto itself is being floxed, which i'm sure you've seen patients yeah. uh with that uh because they definitely uh are uh, and anti- anti- bactericidal antibiotics are definitely uh, poisonous to mitochondria and statin medications that you know the ones that the, the muscle that, aching that
1: people get is because their mitochondria are getting injured so
0: the, the cardiologist handed out like pez candy right mark yeah yeah, it it should candy. be. It should be in the. It should. It, the should yeah, it should be in the water, right? We should just, you know. They wanted to sell it at McDonald's. Yeah. Right. Yeah, have one on with, you, on with your Big
1: Mac. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's no, but
1: they 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 are and they do cause muscle damage and and some people are more susceptible to it. Absolutely. And and there's genetic, I think, variations in how people respond to statins, and that probably has to do with their mitochondrial right. function. Right. Uh, but it's it's for sure. So so toxins also like heavy metals and pesticides are poisonous. Too much sugar and starch and calories. Oxidative stress that comes from inflammation. I mean, yep. that's why when you have the viral flu, you feel achy and tired and sore because your mitochondria are getting nuked. Yep. Right. Nutritional deficiencies. Right. We yep. need all sorts of nutrients like carnitine, CoQ10,
0: B vitamins. Yep. All play a big role in the mitochondrial function. So, well, and 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 of uh, uh, phosphatidylcholine for the membranes of the mitochondria. Um, the other thing that's also really important, and uh, as you're well aware of that, is the the concept of doing fasting periodically. Uh, and I find this actually quite fascinating because a lot of religions have fasting as part of their their religious uh, belief system. And when you actually look at that, giving your gut a time period of rest and when you go through these periods of of fasting, your body starts eating up the bad mitochondria that's autophagy we call that the self the body's eating itself so like when garbage truck coming cleaning up all the waste from your cells exactly. which helps you
1: renew and repair and regenerate exactly and actually get younger and
0: and 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 uh intermittent fasting uh can do amazing amazing things for the body
1: and, and what is that that's like when you eat between a eight hour window yeah there's
0: or... there's multiple ways to do that you can eat like you know 16 hours without food eat during an eight hour window or uh Maybe on the weekends, just have water or, or a juice fast or something like that. There's different ways of doing that. Uh, but when you cut back on your calories dramatically and you do that for an extended period of time, your body goes into what's called ketosis, as you, as you well know. And then your body also starts to generate uh, uh, increased uh, antioxidant enzyme systems. And it also starts to to clean up and sweep, sweep the house, gets rid of all the bad so cells. Eating
1: snacking and eating all the way till bed and waking up and having breakfast, that's the worst thing. No, exactly. Yeah, you, well, it's great unless you you're a, unless you, unless
0: you're like a teenager and you're like your your, your metabolism has gone wild. And you need to be fed all the yeah. time because you're just growing all the time. But you know, th- three meals a day with snacks is probably not the best thing. For I you. mean,
1: that's an important thing because you know a lot of people have mitochondrial issues, and I personally had severe mitochondrial issues because I got chronic fatigue syndrome from mercury, and my muscle enzymes went way up, and I had severe muscle aches and fatigue, and it was it was really working on my mitochondria by getting rid of the metals and fixing my gut. And giving myself a lot of mitochondrial nutrients that really helped me recover from that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the I mean, they're actually working on some of the uh, uh, nutrients, like the uh, the nutrients that increase the NAD plus uh, in the body, uh, or even intravenous uh, NAD, which is another uh, uh, it's up for uh, IV therapies that's been shown to be quite helpful for, for brain for, issues, absolutely. trauma
1: of the brain, and oh yeah, cognitive disorders. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah, and very very powerful. And actually, even for uh, people who are floxed, that's actually one of the treatments.
1: Yeah. So what you're talking about is providing a lot of the nutrients. So one, you have to stop doing all the bad things that cause to be a problem. And two, you have to provide the basic support to help them work better, right? So whether it's intermittent fasting or calorie restriction for periods of time or days of fasting, whether it's these nutrients like NAD, which you can now take orally, CoQ10. These are the kinds of things we look at in functional medicine. And at the Ultra Wellness Center, we can test for these things. We can see what's not working. And unless you look, you don't know what's going on. And that's really the beauty of this approach, because we might not see quote a disease, but we might see a dysfunction. And I've had patients with Parkinson's disease who've hit, I mean, I have one now who I've had ten years of Parkinson's and he's doing amazing and hasn't progressed, in fact, yeah. got better yeah. from where he was by yeah. working on all these things.
0: Yeah, Parkinson's is tough. It depends where you catch them. But the the, the the big thing is is to try to arrest the progression and try to reverse it if you can.
1: Yeah, and it's Absolutely. a lot of it is a mitochondrial disease. We know well that coq ten and other things help with Parkinson's, and it's it's actually a mitochondrial problem like many diseases.
0: Well, also the interesting thing is that they're also finding a direct connection with the gut microbiome in Parkinson's. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, actually, well, interestingly, there were some there's some patients, uh, uh, Doctor uh, Berardi. Uh, he had some patients who had uh, C. difficile colitis. The patient also had Parkinson's. They got a stool transplant for their C. difficile colitis. Guess what? The Parkinson's got better. Yes. Hey, wow. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Actually, I remember reading a study that people who um, had constipation have a 300% increased risk. Of the constipation of is not
0: benign. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, mean,
1: I mean, I had a guy today who was like, how can you go like every three or four days? I'm like, uh, that's not normal. He says, no, for me, I go every three, or four days. I'm like, no, you should go twice a day. He's like, twice a day? Uh, what are you smoking? Like, I think that is, is not what people really think of as normal, but it really is. Right. And I, right. I think it, it, it connects the dots, the gut, the immune system, the mitochondria, it's all one system. Everything yeah. is connected to everything else. It's sort of like, uh, you know, the knee bones connected to the thigh bone and all that, but it's actually true in the body. Yeah. And we treat people in all these silos with all these specialties. Yes. And unfortunately it doesn't help them get to the issues that can really help them get better.
0: Yeah. And I think I think the other the other thing that's also I think really important and I've learned this as I as you know the, the, the more experienced I get is I I always go into each patient with a, what I call a Zen mind, very open minded. I don't really you know, I just sort of listen and I don't have any preconceived notions of what's going on. And if I just, you know, listen to them, make notes, you know, and try to then connect the dots. And that way there's no, you know, preconceived well, I think I think you have this or I think you have that. You can even do that in functional medicine. Like I think you have leaky gut, or I think you have gluten. Well, guess what? There is no leaky gut. There is no gluten. gluten. Well, let's gotta look somewhere else. Maybe you know. Maybe you've had a tick bite. You know. Maybe you have uh, pesticide uh, poisoning exposure. Uh, maybe you're glyphos- uh, glyphosate toxic. I mean, there's all different mm-hmm. pathways that you can go down, um, and it's it does require you know playing you know detective. Yeah, I remember I had a, yeah being that I remember I had a patient who grew up in the Bronx. And was very
1: poor. and she lived in an apartment complex where cockroaches and they spray yeah, were crawling all over her. and she, she hated pests. So she moved to the suburbs and she would have the exterminator come every month to spray inside and outside her house. And she had an entire barrel, like a fifty gallon barrel of Chlordane, which is now banned in this country and was exposed to this over and over and over. And she got Parkinson's at fifty years old, yeah. And we helped her by detoxifying her, by working on her mitochondria, and doing all those things we talked about. Oh, it's
0: interesting you say that because I remember I distinctly remember reading a, uh, an article that was looking at uh, Japanese men, and they had a higher incidence of Parkinson's as they ate more fruits and vegetables. Mm. So, so the logical conclusion is eat fruits and vegetables, get Parkinson's. Wrong. Because of are pesticides. Exactly. Pesticide-laden fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I mean, farmers uh, are the,
1: one of the worst. The farm workers are one oh, of the worst. Absolutely. Worsters. Exposed to pesticides and the highest rates of Parkinson's.
0: And then they are, we are talking about the herbicide roundup, uh, the, the, uh, uh with the glyphosate and the effects on the uh, gut microbiome. That's another, uh, big one. That's, that's, that, that to me is, is probably one of the, uh, uh the big elephants in the room uh, it's in modern, modern day society.
1: Yeah. Glyphosate. I mean, we actually test for glyphosate and I was like, oh, I'm going to test it. You know, I don't probably have any because I eat organic and I don't avoid pesticides and I'm really careful what I eat. But the truth is, I travel half the yeah, time. Yeah. So, I don't always have control. No, right, exactly. And I checked my ear, and I was like, "Holy crap! I'm probably in the 50th percentile for glyphosate." I thought I'd be in like the 10th percentile.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, "This is not good." Yes, exactly. And and the other thing that's that it's been touted is you know that, that glyphosate is safe because it doesn't affect any of the biochemical pathways in the body. Well, lo and behold, it actually affects the shikimate pathway which is actually how the bacteria uh, have their metabolism. So when you're using glyphosate, you're actually messing up the metabolic pathways of bacteria, especially gut bacteria. Yeah, it also
1: affects glutathione and other things. Oh. There's transgenerational effects. Oh, it's this. yeah, yeah.
0: So that's one of the things we do
1: here as well. We deal with a lot with with understanding how toxins affect the body, how to help the body detoxify and and doing it in a way which actually creates profound results. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, what 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 is what are the biggest things you think about when you think about toxins and how do we, how do we sort of look at those in our practice and what do we, what do we well, do and see?
0: Well, it's, you know, there's, there, I, I always, I actually have given talks uh, uh, on uh, toxins with uh, God rest his soul, Walter Crinian He was a, he was a big, uh, he died. Yes, he died. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. He died. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, and there was a, we used to uh, talk together about this uh, seminal article. I believe it was in science. It was called the exposome, which is the sum total of all the different, toxins that we get exposed to and everything so, it's our diet stress your microbiome all those are part exactly of and, and and to some degree you know uh, <laughs> there is a little bit of survival of the fittest. so the people who can detoxify well will actually survive in in modern society better uh, when you're sort of like the cockroaches that are resistant to DDT. I mean the, the, that's that's not me. <laughs> I'm susceptible. <laughs> so so you know the so the toxins that we're exposed to are probably one of the biggest sources is pharmaceutical industry. Mm. I, I consider pharmaceuticals as toxins. Yes, they're 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 toxins, but just like uh, you know, if you know what to give uh, at the right, you know, poison at the right dose at the right sure. thing. The dose it has, makes the poison. The dose makes the poison, exactly. And and what the the big uh, dirty secret is that these chemicals you know get peed out and pooped out and they, they go into the water systems and no water systems are actually checking for some of these chemicals, no. hormones, antibiotics, pharmaceuticals. And there's been studies Co- on this. Uh, they totally, find these in totally. there. Totally. And and I believe without question that the pharmaceuticals which are are everywhere. When you look, at, you know, people are you know taking you know handfuls of different pharmaceuticals. These are getting into the water system and I, I believe they're actually probably affecting us in, in, in some way. So having clean water, clean food are some of the ways that which we can, you know, help with our exposure uh, our, our exposure to toxins. Yeah. Uh, and the, clean, environmental clean, air, yeah, exactly, the environmental working group. Clean air, yeah, exactly. Environmental working group is they a good, have, they good have resource. A great
1: resource. They have all this of how to avoid toxins in your seafood, in your meat, in your vegetables, and your
0: household cleaning products, and your personal care products. Yep. Great resource ewg.org. Yep. Yeah, ewg. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 just you know being aware of it uh, is 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 important. And you know, I talked I talked earlier jokingly about red wine. Well, the dirty secret about you know uh, California and uh, and all the, the wines in the United States is they're they're filled with pesticides, fungicides, and, and glyphosate. And arsenic. Yeah. So you you know if you're going to have wine, you want to make sure it's organic or from Europe because they don't allow. To, to the same degree that we yeah. have in the States. I saw this guy had a wine filter the other day, like a water filter. I was like, wow, that's, and I don't know if it, it'll actually filter all that. I stuff, don't know. I'm going to try it. <laughs> but, but, and, and again, you know, uh, you know, they've shown that, you know, uh, Cheerios and all these food products, you know, I have glyphosate in them. Yeah. Y- even some of the things that are quote unquote organic, yeah. you can find glyphosate in them. So, yeah, I just read that the
1: impossible burger, which is this plant-based healthy quote soy burger uh, which is GMO soy has eleven times the glyphosate levels of the Beyond meat, which is made from pea protein, because soybeans are sprayed with glyphosate. Wow, that's wow. striking. <laughs> yeah, you wow. know, and that's... so you're trying to do some healthy, and then you're ending up poisoning yourself with glyphosate by eating a soy burger.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah. And, and I and I think that you know people. People right. People are trying to be healthy, but sometimes they're they're making the wrong choice. They're sort of, you know, like I had this one guy who thought, oh, you know, well, you know, uh, being a vegetarian is good and eating soy is good. So the, the guy was eating soy burgers, tofu burgers, and you know, all the all the soy stuff. The guy literally grew breasts. He was yeah. starting to have gynecomastia yeah. from all the estrogen effect of the of the. It's
1: um, mostly the processed soy. Yeah, because the whole soy, traditionally, if you're eating it in reasonable amounts, won't do that. Right, right, right. But yeah. It was know. all the process,
0: exactly. Yeah. highly processed, exactly.
1: Which we think is quite a health food, like a to- a, a tofu. I mean, a turkey soy thing, or a turkey right. or a soy bacon, or a soy yeah. burger. I, yeah, they're they're all frankenfoods. Yeah, they're frankenfoods. Still foods. highly processed, and it's not a whole food plant based diet. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you know, just talking about the mitochondria, going back to it for a minute. I I was just remembering a patient I had who had heart failure. Now, we think of heart failure as this you know one way street. You know, you get it, it gets worse. You try to manage it. With a lot of medication but it turns out that it's a mitochondrial problem and you can actually treat it with mitochondrial nutrients and i i recently had a guy who was a healthy ish 70 year old guy who developed heart failure and he had a number of things going on with him that we treated that were underlying inflammation but i gave him a bunch of support for his mitochondria Mito- ribose and carnitine and cookie 10 and um, magnesium and a bunch of stuff and his ejection fraction which is the strength of which you can pump Blood out of your heart went from yeah. like thirty percent, which is a few steps away from a heart failure, to over fifty percent, which is pretty much normal. Yeah, which is pretty amazing when you see that. And it's again not something traditional cardiologists will look. Oh, let me see your mitochondria. Like they don't know how to think about it or test it or look at it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, and obviously, you know, your your heart doesn't rest right. Even when you're sleeping, your heart's pumping. Yeah, I hope so, so mitochondria yeah. is really important for for the heart. And absolutely, you can. There are there are uh, cases of patients having uh, improvements of uh, heart failure and reversal of heart failure with uh, a mitochondrial nutrient support. I have many of those
1: cases. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So one of the things that um, we do also here at the Ultra Wellness Center is intravenous nutrition. Can you talk about you know why that's important, what it does, and who it's good for?
0: Well, sure. I mean, there's you know intravenous nutrition is is a catch-all term for giving nutrients uh, through the veins. Uh, and sort of bypassing uh, the gut uh, for absorption, and there are some patients that, in them, for whatever reason, they may not be absorbing their nutrients as well. So, some of the things that we use here and uh, would include things like the Myers cocktail. Uh, we might also use. And what's in uh, that? Uh, b-, b vitamins, magnesium, um, and you know, B vitamins are, are you know very very you know uh, Bruce Ames is the one who uh, brought my attention to the B vitamins because a lot of people um, have subclinical genetic deficiencies where they need higher levels of B vitamins. Um, so giving B vitamins actually supports mitochondrial function. Yeah. So when you give these B vitamins and magnesium, um, you can boost the effect of mitochondria uh, through the, the augmented uh, uh, effects. And then glutathione intravenously is also a fantastic uh, tool. Uh, IV vitamin C, we use that for a host of different things. And you mentioned the IV NAD. Yeah, IV NAD. Yeah, that, that that I think is actually, that's really amazing stuff. It's really, really cool. Um, and uh, it's, it's. so there are pa- patients who do need, I, I don't want to say that everybody who walks through the door needs an IV, but if you want to uh, support and people who are sicker, uh, people who have more uh, unexplained fatigue, you can definitely uh, uh, do that. Uh, it was a study with um, IV vitamin C and sepsis. You know what you're talking Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is a really interesting thing. So IV vitamin C, uh, we, we use it here uh, for patients who have uh, potential cancer, chronic uh, infections, infections uh, Epstein-Barr virus, uh, et cetera, uh, flu Immune or whatever. Issues, yeah. And so at high levels, vitamin C is actually a pro-oxidant. Mm. Uh, it's not actually an antioxidant. It's actually a pro-oxidant. And the interesting thing is that they've been, you know, there are some studies out now that if you go uh, into a hospital and you have septic shock, your mortality, uh, which is normally about 40% of people who die in the hospital, if you give them IV vitamin C along with, I think, steroids and a little bit of thiamine, the mortality went from 40% to 9%. Wow. So it's a fourfold decrease in death. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and there's no drug that can do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you go from like 10%... To, uh, or 40% down to about less than 10% mortality. Pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. Powerful stuff. And it's cheap. Yeah, it's very cheap. Yeah, so you're not going to see a lot of research with that with big pharma because, you know, they, they're not going to make money on it. It's true. It's it's, it's it's There's a gap in
1: research. A lot of things we do know work clinically. And we've all had experience with it for decades. doesn't get the funding because the NIH isn't funding it, and neither is drug companies. So we're kind of stuck having to look at smaller studies or small groups that of people are studying this. So but we're, we're doing... All these things we talked about here at the Wano Center—it's—it's it's a really unique practice. We have, you know, uh, four physicians, uh, two physicians' assistants, four nutritionists, a whole bunch of nurses, and we're taking care of people in a team approach. Where people come in, they get this full evaluation. Where the medical detectives, we find problems that most people have struggled to solve for decades, and often very quickly we know what to do, and and we support them over time with coaching and with encouragement and follow-up visits. And it's really a pretty unique center here at the Wanna Center. And, and collectively, you know, we've had probably 60 years of collective experience in practicing functional medicine, which is, I think, pretty unique in the world. <laughs> we're yeah. getting older, but we're just getting smarter. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've all personally had challenges with our health and we've used yeah. this model to really help recover. And I remember when I was really sick, you and uh, Dr. Bohm came over to my house and, help me think through what was going on because yep. my brain wasn't working because my gut wasn't working yep. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know? yeah. and uh, it's it's just so rewarding to see these patients you had you had a recent case that you wanted to share about Alzheimer's
0: right yeah it was a fantastic case it was a, a patient who I saw who came down from up north in Canada and was given a diagnosis up there of, of having Alzheimer's and uh, was pretty much sold you know you know get your fares in order get your fares in order exactly and there's not much we can do for you. Uh, So he came down.
1: The treatment for Alzheimer's is a lawyer. (laughs) It's a lawyer, uh, right.
0: (laughs) And a a rabbi or priest, right? Um, So the patient came down and uh, I saw her with her husband and did a a complete workup. And as you know, through some of the writings of uh, of, uh, Dale Bredesen and also a functional medicine approach is that, and Alzheimer's this book called the
1: Ultramind solution was really good that Yeah, Ultramind. Yeah. That was uh, but that, wasn't,
0: that wasn't about Alzheimer's all. No, but it was. Oh, well, a lot yeah. of Alzheimer's well, cases with well, yeah, the brain. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. So so in and, and, and I, I love the analogy. I it, wrote that by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the analogy of uh, Alzheimer's is like a roof with 32 holes in it. Yeah. And you know, you're not going to fix it by just, you know, doing one hole. So I did a, a full workup on the patient and um the other thing which most doctors and even dentists aren't aware, is the role of the oral bacteria. Yeah, uh, There's actually some really interesting studies that if, when you have bad bacteria in your mouth, yeah, specifically gum disease, gum like gum gingivitis, disease, gingivitis yeah. periodontal disease, porphyromonus gingivalis, it highly causes systemic inflammation, which in turn affects the brain and causes brain inflammation and brain deterioration over time. So her workup included checking for heavy metals, checking for herpes viruses, because herpes simplex is also associated with uh with, yep. with that, checking for the APOE4 genotype. Um, uh, which predisposes you, but doesn't predestine you it Exactly. Just because you have it doesn't mean you're going to get it. But you're one of those people who has a more robust immune response, so you have more inflammation, which is great on a short-term, but on a long-term basis, you don't want chronic inflammation. So she had a whole bunch of things. She had some mercury. She had some oral bacteria. She had some gut bacteria. She had some... Uh, uh, gluten issues. She had a herpes simplex. She had the APOE4 genotype. So I sort of worked on all of those things. We also changed her diet. And within a matter of months, her husband said, I have my wife back. Wow. Yeah. She was now able to converse, to talk. She can drive by herself now. So you
1: literally s- stopped and reversed the effects of Alzheimer's. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty and amazing. And what do you think it was of all those things that you did or was it all the holes? It was all the holes
0: exactly. It was, and, and, and we, you know, we talk about root cause. It's actually root causes. So I think there's you know, often, sometimes there's one big one, but then there's all these other things that are supporting that also play a role. So I just sort of, you know addressed all of them in, in like a in like a checklist fashion.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because you know in traditional medicine is there's you know sort of the the joke about neurology is diagnose and adios. You know, yeah. here's what you got, nothing to do. I'll see you later, and I think. It's certainly the approach now with Alzheimer's because we've spent billions of dollars on hundreds and hundreds of studies with nothing to show for it. It's because
0: we've been looking down the wrong path. Right, and because we've been we've been looking at amyloid plaques, which are a hallmark of actual inflammation slash infection in the brain. Just like cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. Cholesterol right. does not cause heart disease. Inflammation causes heart disease. Cholesterol is a bystander, yes, trying to repair that inflammatory right. process. Like the so, body's banding. right? So, so beta amyloid in the brain is an, actually an antimicrobial peptide. It tells you that the body is trying to fight off some type of infection, be it a spirochete from Lyme disease, syphilis, a virus, or a fungi. Yeah. So that's, you know, so yeah, beta amyloid, you know, we've, we've, we've been, you know, saying, well, if we get rid of the beta amyloid, find a drug to remove the beta amyloid. It's, it's the
1: wrong thinking is the problem. And in functional medicine here at the ultra Wellness Center, we do a different kind of thinking, which is what are all the treatable things that we can find that could help this patient's health get better in general? And that also helps the brain get better. So yeah. it's not to say that we can come in here and cure all cases of Alzheimer's. That's not right. true. But we can certainly, I mean, especially if you're far advanced, but we can certainly, if we get it early enough, we can help to slow it down and maybe even reverse some of the effects by using this approach. And Absolutely. not only have you found this, I found this, and dozens and dozens of other doctors doing this approach across the country have done this. And yet it's still in the outside yeah. of healthcare. care.
0: Well, you know, it's also really interesting. Is I'm seeing more and more doctors and nurses who are in mainstream medicine coming to see me because, and they're in the, they're in like some of the best hospitals, best centers mm. because they can't get help in their system. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, I, it's true. A lot of our patients are healthcare professionals. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 I think I think you know when a a a, a physician um, has either themselves or a close family member or spouse or whatever. Get a condition, and you're and you're butting your head against the wall with uh, the mainstream approach. That's where you start. You know, you you sort of fall into functional medicine because this stuff's not working. I gotta I gotta find more, put more tools in my tool bag.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing here at Eltronish, and we have a lot of tools. We have a different way of thinking. We work as a team, and we've been doing it for a long time. So if you're listening and you've suffered with some chronic thing that hasn't gotten better, or you have any one of those diseases or conditions we talked about or pretty much anything, <laughs> yeah. we, we can really make a difference in helping people find the root cause, be medical detectives, and help people create a pathway that, that gets them back to health. And that's really the goal here. Yeah, and,
0: and the other thing is, you know, so many practices have what I call protocols. And the protocols are sort of like you do the same thing over and over for everyone. We don't really have protocols here. We have certain things that we do use other than a lot of we patients. Have an approach. We have an approach, but we don't have a rubber stamp. You know, you're know, you not going to come in at the ultra wellness center and everybody gets the same treatment. That doesn't work. Right. Nada. <laughs> exactly, because
1: it's different for everybody. Right. That's it's,
0: the- it's, 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 yeah, ours is very much personalized and proactive and, and uh, a deep dive into uh, nutritional, biochemical, genetic, uh, toxic uh, biology. Yeah, and as
1: you, as you mentioned with that case with MS, you know, that's one case with MS. Another case might be very different. Yeah, exactly. I think think what you saw that patient with Alzheimer's, someone else with Alzheimer's might need a very different approach. Exactly. So that's really the beauty of functional medicine. And you are one of the pioneers. You you are a leader. And uh, it's so great to have you here at the Ultra Wellness Center, Todd. Thank you for joining us on The Doctor's Pharmacy. All
0: right. Thanks, Mark. Enjoyed it. So
1: if you've heard anything that piqued your interest or you know anybody who's suffering or you're suffering, you can find out more about our center at the ultrawellnesscenter.com. That's just ultrawellnesscenter.com. Uh, and if you love this podcast, we'd love to hear from you again. Leave a comment, uh, share it with your friends and family on social media and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we'll see you next week on The Doctor's Pharmacy. Thank you, Mark. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Mark Hyman. So two quick things. Number one, thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. It really means a lot to me. If you love the podcast, I would really appreciate you sharing with your friends and family. Second, I want to tell you about a brand new newsletter I started called Mark's Picks. Every week, I'm going to send out a list of a few things that I've been using to take my own health to the next level. This could be books, podcasts, research that I found, supplement recommendations, recipes, or even gadgets. I use a few of those. And if you'd like to get access to this free weekly list, all you have to do is visit drhyman.com forward slash picks. That's drhyman.com forward slash picks. I'll only email you once a week, I promise, and I'll never send you anything else besides my own recommendations. So just go to drhyman.com forward slash picks, that's P-I-C-K-S, to sign up free today.
0: Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional medicine practitioner, you can visit ifm.org and search their Find a Practitioner database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, who's a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.